With spring right around the corner, maybe you like me, you're excited to get out for longer walks and runs, pick up a new book to read outside, or just get out and explore new neighborhoods and food. Or we could do all three wrapped in one. Our friends over at Read and Run Chicago are expanding to nearby Lamont for three different meetups. The group is like a combination running club, book club, and neighborhood tour, and each route in Lamont is about three miles paired with a different book from Pat Camaliere's Corotazi Historical Mystery Series. Afterwards, you'll get to sit down with the author and historian and sample some food from local restaurants. The first run is Saturday, March 23rd. Spots are limited and are going to go fast. So register now at readandrunchicago.com or find the link on their Instagram at readandrunchicago. Today on CityCast Chicago. Democrats have run this city for decades, and this mayoral race proving allegiance to the Democratic Party has been a theme. Commissioner Brandon Johnson and his supporters called Paul Vallis a Republican. Vallis denies that and says he's a lifelong Dem. So what's it like to be a Republican in Chicago? Lenny Sclaney, president of the Chicago Young Republicans, tells us. It's Wednesday, March 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. The Chicago Young Republicans say their mission is to recruit, train, and elect 18 to 40-year-olds to the Republican Party. Welcome to CityCast Chicago, Lenny. Thanks for having me, Jacoby. What does it feel like being a Republican in this city? Does it feel like they're they're far and few in between in Chicago? Oh, yes, uh, de- definitely. Um, sometimes you got to be a little, dare I say, secretive about your beliefs so you don't you don't stir the pot too much in certain circles, we'll so to say. What would you define or maybe the main tenets uh, of being a Republican? The main, well, like the main tenets of being a Republican, um, everyone has different kind of definitions of what that is because you have more economic-based Republicans, more social conservatives. But what I believe that they all boil down to are personal responsibility, uh, economic freedom, and protection of the individual. I believe those are tenets that all Republicans can believe in, whether you're socially uh, conservative or you're more fiscally conservative. Mm -hmm. I know you grew up out in a suburb of Chicago in Lombard. What is it about the party that has appealed to you as you've uh, come into your own? What what appealed to me about the Republican Party is that a few things. Growing up outside of the city, my parents are from the city originally, and they left because of the same problems we have now. And I looked at the city and saw the same party in power since the 1930s, and a lot of people were leaving. So my logic was do the opposite of that to have progress. But I also enjoy the tenets that I said about personal responsibility, personal freedom, limited government, essentially being in control of your own life. Mm-hmm. When you say same problems, can you expand on that? What were those? A lot of taxes, a lot of... Um, essentially like violence and corruption. Uh, my, my mother had a furniture store in Humble Park uh, with my grandfather, and they had to leave that area because of, um, of violence in the streets, and they had their store broken into a few times. And we still see that um, today. When we talk about violence and how that impacts families, impacts communities, 
do you think it's important, and so many people have this conversation about the root causes of violence, and, and oftentimes when you look at neighborhoods like Humble Park, it, it's a place that experienced a lot of disinvestment over the, the decades here in Chicago. So, so how do we address, do you think, root causes um, that can ultimately uh, stem and solve problems of violence? I believe a lot of uh, violence comes out of desperation, out of having uh, not access to resources. Uh, by trade, I'm an architect. So I, during grad school, I had to study a lot of urban planning and urban development. And I believe a lot of these areas have been underfunded by the city for generations in terms of lack of development, lack of public transit um, infrastructure. And it's the same party that has represented these areas decades and decades, which makes me wonder if Democrat policies are by design keeping areas impoverished or they're ineffective. Either way, there's um, a need for change. When I think about the Republican Party at large in Illinois, you know, the most recent face I could think of is someone like Republican gubernatorial candidate Darren Bailey, someone who is sort of outwardly antagonistic towards Chicago, is referred to it as, as a hellhole. Are there things about the Republican Party that have disappointed you because Bailey ultimately wasn't able to win the race? What I think it stems to down to is a big divide has happened across the world is there's a big urban and rural divide, such as people who live in larger cities versus smaller cities have different lifestyles. People who live more in rural areas are more self-sufficient, that they don't need a government as well. They're more tend to be more pro-Second Amendment because of law enforcement taking a long time to get out there, whereas in a city, it's more communal. And that has a different lifestyle involved with it as well. So I think a lot of the party issues is more of appealing to lifestyles. One thing people have criticized Paul Vallis for uh, and, and have called him a Republican and they've said he, he's courted not only Republican donors, but often donors who have ties to to fringe groups, right? White supremacist groups. H- how do you feel knowing that the, the party you support, the, the party you represent, has these close ties to white supremacist groups and ideologies? I, I can't speak on what people have personally. I do not appreciate the association, though. Because the Democratic Party has the history of slavery, has a history of Jim Crow, and has, well, today, a lot of uh, racial-based politics. Um, The Republican Party that I know is the party of Lincoln, the party that wants to free people to get away the shackles of, you are not your demographics, you are what you want to do. I mean, in all respects, the histories we're referring to are, you know, the the sort of parties pre-Reconstruction, sort of over 150 years ago, and since have sort of flopped sides in terms of uh, their relationship to social issues. And to be clear, uh, Paul Vallis has said he's not a Republican. Uh, Lenny, do you think of Vallis as a Republican, as, as you've seen him on the campaign trails? No, I, I do not think of him as a Republican. I think of him more as a daily Democrat. And, and what, what does that mean to you when you, when you say a daily Democrat? more of center left to center, more almost like a blue dog Democrat. Mm-hmm. And for you, you, you've said it kind of time and time again, that, you know, Chicago has been run by Democrats and you don't believe adequately, you know, what would a Republican mayoral candidate look like? What would some of those policies you think uh, would address the issues and, and concerns? I think a lot of uh, Republican policies right now are trying to adhere to almost common sense. What a lot of people want, they want prosperous business, which means 
lower taxes. You can't have a business where people don't feel safe within investing. So keeping streets safe, also having quality within our schools as well. Mm-hmm. There are other issues. We think about some of the surrounding states around uh, around Illinois uh, with Republican leadership. You see there are active attempts to, you know, put anti-LGBT and trans legislation on the books. There are restrictions around women's rights that don't necessarily seem common sense. And even gun laws that ultimately end up having guns flow into Chicago that impact uh, violence we see in communities. So can you speak to some of those that don't necessarily seem to be common sense or here to what all the people want. And this, again, leads to the, the issue of urban areas versus rural areas. So I think that different lifestyles require different policies. And I believe the parties uh, started to appeal to more of their voter base, whereas Democrats focus more on urban areas and Republicans focus more on rural areas. And uh, people will go to a state where they can exercise that freedom. The City of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection offers a free entrepreneur certificate program for future and current business owners in Chicago. Participants must complete six webinars within six months in designated webinar categories. Graduates are eligible to apply for the CIBC Bank USA Entrepreneur Loan Program, a bank partner with BACP. The longstanding program was created to support startup or early stage small businesses, gain entrepreneur training with important working capital. Since the program launched, more than 1,000 Chicago entrepreneurs and business owners have successfully completed the program. Completing the process is as easy as one, two, three. Number one, register by signing up at chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Number two, attend six webinars by registering for upcoming webinars at chicago.gov slash BACP webinars. And number three, graduate from the program and you'll receive your digital certificate and information on connecting with CIBC Bank USA. To learn more about the BACP Entrepreneur Certificate Program, please visit chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. When you look at both of the candidates running for mayor, Vallis or Brandon Johnson, is there one that appeals to you more? Um, I'm still at the moment a little undecided. I'm still doing uh, some research right now. What are some things about Vallis that um, in his campaign that you've enjoyed, but also the same in terms of Brandon Johnson? I'll first do Brandon Johnson. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Johnson, what I really appreciate about him is his appeal to the working class. Uh, both of my parents coming from the city working class, so I could definitely understand. My, my father was also a CPS teacher after um, he had honorable discharge from, from the military. So I really appreciate his understanding of being on the ground as a teacher. Um, for Paul Vallis, I appreciate his commitment to balancing budgets and law and order as well, and understanding that we need to have businesses back in Chicago because all of our public sector funds are funded by uh, taxes that come through the private sector. Your dad was a CPS teacher. You know, what What does your dad say as a former teacher that the Chicago public school system needs? I think that the uh, Chicago public uh, schools need to crack down on the unions more to be sure that most, the, I think the CPS needs is to focus more on the children, that 
I think that the teachers union has a lot of power that also does not affect the children. In my neighborhood, I live in Lincoln Square, Ravenswood. I see Montessori schools popping up everywhere. I see big enrollment in my parish. And I think that a lot of parents are seeing that CPS isn't fulfilling uh, their end of the bargain of educating and preparing the youth for college and beyond. So I think that CPS needs to focus more on the benefit of the children and the students, not what the teachers essentially want. The Chicago Teachers Union platform, a lot has focused on sort of wraparound services. How can we um, help students outside of the classroom when, when you would look at their platform? But, but you talk about not doing adequate job of preparing. You know, how so? What would benefit CPS students? I think what would benefit the students, well, a lot of it comes from the home as well. Uh, parental and community involvement, being sure that the children are and students are in a safe neighborhood. So when they're walking to and from school, they do not have to worry and also be sure there's adequate funding for resources so if children are behind on reading, math, any other subject, they can get up to speed. What I, what I agree with is uh, also a voucher program uh, for, for students and uh, children as well, because what happens is a lot of, a lot of students are kind of locked into their zip code and they might be forced to go to an underfunded school. So charter schools were a great option as well as the school voucher system as well. Critics would push back on a voucher system and a charter school system and say while they can provide schools uh, with parents and students with more options, they they ultimately lead to a system where we divest from Chicago public schools. What would you like to see officials do to to invest in schools long term? Me personally, I would want to be sure that CPS is attracting the, the best teachers uh, as, a, as a start and also implementing after school programs for children who are uh, falling behind on test scores. Staying on the mayoral race, what would you like to see the next mayor focus on? The main reason why I got involved in politics is because I got a little tired of seeing people leave the city I love and the state I love. What I would like to see the mayor, uh, whoever wins, to focus on the, the goal of of drawing people to Chicago and and the ripple effects of Illinois, because Chicago is a poor city or a metropolitan area, and also retaining businesses and people. As far as the Republican Party, both nationally and locally, you know, what do you think they need to do better to to expand their own base? Because, again, um, as we've seen over the last few years, it feels like it, the, the voice has largely been monopolized by, by far right members of the party. Well, I think the first thing Republicans need to do is stay in the cities and not just Chicago. Like our country's major cities, and urban areas are at the core of our country's economy, infrastructure and culture. And if Republicans are within the major cities, then they could spread their influence as well. I want to think a little bit more locally on that question as well, because because you talk about a need for sort of a changeover. But there has been no ability to sort of galvanize enough voters to to really put up a Republican candidate for mayor. Do you think some of that is is failure on messaging, failure on on the Republican Party and not just sort of on a Democratic stronghold? Yes, and I, I think part of that, if um, like, for instance, like Trump. Um, Republicans for a long time focused mostly on economic issues and didn't really focus on social issues, whereas Trump focused more on social issues and that helped him uh, gain momentum. What I believe Republicans uh, should do is not only focus on 
on the economic side of, of issues, but also the social issues, because, well, what is politics, socioeconomics? What do you value and what do you want to allocate resources towards? Mm -hmm. When you say, you know, Trump focused in on social issues, can you expand on that? Because I, I couldn't remember him to have a very kind of knowledgeable base to pull from to talk on complex issues such as race, such as gender, economic stratification. I never really seemed to get any real nuance from there, just more sort of antagonism in, in short. So so what issues do you think he focused on and, and did you support his positions? I think when Trump was running, he, he's mostly focused on essentially American pride, uh, bringing resources back to America that no matter who you are, if, if you were born here or immigrated here, you're an American. And Trump, I believe, reinstated that. He brought a lot of manufacturing back and he put regulations on trade to help domestic um, industries. But the, that American price seems to go back to sort of business initiatives or sort of economic focus. But we think socially uh, throughout this time, we saw sort of rises in, in hate crimes. We sort of saw rises in the, the sort of stress over people sort of more openly spewing hate towards other groups. We saw people sort of marching in the streets with torches. You know, it, it, it really... In, in many ways, inflamed a sort of deep-seated uh, white supremacist mentality. You know, how do you account for that? Um, I ca I cannot account for that. Um, a lot of those are individuals acting in poor faith. I am also of Hispanic descent, so and the party has always welcomed me. Again, as we focus in on on the mayoral race, when you look at your colleagues, when you look at other people in the organization, have they fallen behind one particular candidate? I think a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Republicans or my, my colleagues, a lot of people are still essentially undecided. I was going to say, do you think a Republican and openly Republican? I know that we have nonpartisan races in Chicago, but do you think a, a, an openly Republican candidate could be elected in Chicago? I think it is definitely possible with the right messaging. Yes. Well, and, and again, what do you think that that messaging looks like? Honestly. Uh, Paul Valls does have some positions that I like how he is pro, uh, pro law enforcement. But the bigger question, I believe, is Democrats have ran Chicago for over 100 years. And the question is, is Chicago going in the right direction with complete control of through the mayor, through city council, through all the elected positions? It's essentially a one party state. That would mean that Democrats own all of the failures and all of the trauma that has happened to the city throughout the years. Under Democrat rule, Chicago has lost population, lost businesses as well. I just want to ask the voters who are potentially hesitant over a Republican um, mayor is, are you satisfied with your Democratic leader's leadership uh, track record? That's a good question. And I appreciate you uh, making it. What do you think is the messaging that, that would galvanize uh, a race like that? This is a city of opportunity. You want it, you want it, you can do it here. And I think Republicans should, should show that if you believe and if you want to allocate the resources and efforts, you can make your dreams happen because I still believe in the American dream. You said earlier that people are leaving because of poor quality of life, but you love this city. How, how is your quality of life? My quality of life is uh, fairly decent, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And so the, the Chicago that is often painted in the media of this hellhole, is that the Chicago that you've experienced? Me personally, because I didn't grow up in the city, I, I can't speak to that. 
I, I can speak on when I visited uh, old neighborhoods of my parents and, dr and driving through the city as well, that you could see a big dichotomy within resources and development, and that all happened under democratic rule. Lenny, I appreciate you making time uh, to talk to CityCast Chicago. Is there anything else that you wanted us to hear before we uh, end the conversation? I just want to know, um, what are your views on potentially the future of the city? I do believe that moving forward, the city has a, a lot of major issues to address. But I think that painting the the swath of failure over sort of this blanketed, generalized democratic rule, I, I do think is a failing of analysis. I think Chicago has often worked in a way that sort of uh, splits down the line of economics. And when you have one city being dominated largely by a democratic machine, then you end up with a, one of the most segregated cities in America, where when you look across racial lines, uh, you constantly see black and brown communities coming up on the short end of the stick. And I often think when you look across cities, whether they're Republican or Democratically, you find a, a similar stratification. But I also think in this city, you see from an organizing standpoint that on the ground, it is largely the youth, many of them, uh, maybe not democratically aligned on paper, but more aligned with democratic values. And so, again, sort of marking it all down to democratic rule, I do think sort of misses uh, the larger uh, sort of racialized politics of our city. Does that mean that our elected Democratic officials have not lived up to their own party principles? I think the Democratic officials within Chicago, um, again, can be painted with one broad brush. But I do think you see uh, plenty of Democrats who have served Chicago uh, well. Folks like Harold Washington, who built multiracial coalitions, um, who was able to uh, bring Chicago in the late 1980s to a more open state as he brought in more queer individuals, more women as he brought in people across the faith lines. While I don't agree with everything the dailies did. When you look across Chicago's landscape, when you look at uh, investment and beautification, when you look at Chicago becoming a, a haven for tourists, that is something that was achieved. When you break into the nuance, it becomes bigger than party alignment. I don't think that negates the fact uh, that, that, as you've mentioned, uh, uh, these politicians, like many, have, have not lived up to their promises. Yeah. What you said I find really unique, because whenever I have that kind of criticism of the Democratic Party, that's a typical kind of defense whereas Republicans are painted with a broad brush in the city. And I can understand that pushback, and it, which is why I asked you to provide nuance to sort of that painting, because, again, largely in Chicago, we only have so many to pick from. And when they when they often look like former gubernatorial candidate Darren Bailey, who individuals end up having to rally around, it's important to have these conversations to sort of break in to see, well, how do individuals and part of the, the young Republicans in Chicago feel about these national figureheads? I understand that. I, I want to kick to my producer. Do you have any follow-ups, Carrie? You did talk a lot about like people leaving, but you have this love for Chicago. Clearly you're here and you don't want people to leave. That disappoints you. Could you talk more? Let's put politics aside. What do you love about this city? Well, I'll say two things about two reasons why the one personal one just I'd say almost why anyone would like it. Um, my parents are from here. I grew up, you know, Sox fan, going to Bulls games, you know, a lot of uh, going to the Museum of Science Industry as a kid. Just a lot of the great things this city has to offer that you can't get almost anywhere else in the country. And that stems to this is a world class city. We are in the center of the country. We're at the, we're the, we're the hub of, of 
airplanes, road, rail, roads, logistics. The, this city is definitely a powerhouse and offers a lot. So for both personal and practical reasons, that's why I love it here. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Less than 4% of mail-in ballots have been turned in for Tuesday's runoff election. Remember, it has to be postmarked by April 4th to be counted. You could drop it in the mail, at the Board of Elections office, or at one of the 52 early voting sites. First installment bills for 2022 Cook County property taxes are due Monday night to avoid late charges. Vendors forced to vacate the Little Village Discount Mall will be able to move to a former CVS on 26 and Pulaski in six weeks. There's some good news to get you through. Chicago will be home to two huge conventions starting Friday. Over at McCormick Place, you can check out C2E2, the largest comic and entertainment expo in the city. And over at the Sheridan River Walk in the Loop, Golden Con is back, a celebration of all things Golden Girls. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace.